Welcome to Nicole's Hen House. I'm on a mission to help deconstructing believers draw closer to the Trinity. I'm here to help the ones who are ready to run and still feel alone. In this house, we cry about it, talk to Yahweh about it, and then we get up. I'm cheering for you, babes. Good evening. Um, I've missed y'all. Uh, yeah. Good evening. Um, tonight's message is friendship. And this is born out of some response uh, to some things I've seen online. But also just, I think it's a good refresher. As spring comes and we can all emerge as seasons are changing, um, what does it look like to engage in biblical fellowship? Is there a reason for this? Why are we doing this? Should we do this? What does it look like? What is our calling as believers? So we're going to address some of that, but first, let's do communion. Elle, are you going to join us? Um, I was doing it this, this at the end, but I think it's better to do it at the beginning. So let's do communion together, and I'm going to pray for all of us. Well, let's do some communion. <sighs> Holy Spirit, we engage you right now. Um, we thank you for this season, for Holy Week, for Passover, for what you have done for us and what you will do with us. Um, Jesus, you are good and faithful. Um, we just invite you in right now to teach us how to be better friends and stewards of our faith, not just with you, but with one another. Jesus, thank you for the body and thank you for the blood the symbols of the new covenant. You are good and faithful. We worship you tonight. Amen. Okay. So, millennials, we have been raised on MTV, on Bravo Reality, on ETV. So what we've seen for friendship looks kind of like the drama on road rules or um, the real housewives of Beverly Hills or New York, they're my fave, um, or the Kardashians. And so we know that that's not a biblical basis for friendship, but then on the conservative side of it, we're taught to be conservative and not speak our minds and to be these demure little people. They don't know how to helpfully engage with one another or what our roles of friendship is actually supposed to be outside of false humility. And so tonight, I just want to bring some clarity to that. Um, this is something I am very passionate about. Um, and I am passionate about it because I really want the body of Christ to get a clear understanding of what it actually means to be in fellowship with the brethren. And that is not exclusive to participating in a congregation. Okay. The teaching that we've all had is that, oh, if you're part of a congregation, then you're part of the brethren and you're part of part of the body of Christ. And that is sort of ish true. But a full measure of that is being a covenant faithful friend. And that is not contingent on your congregation or your denomination or your familial background. That is contingent on your willingness to engage the body and engage in deep, soulful, meaningful fellowship that blesses others intentionally. And not doing so is sin, okay? Not doing so is sin. Let's dig into it. 
Um, and I understand healthy, genuine friendships are rare, um, but they are only rare because we make them rare. It is the intention for us to dwell together in intimate fellowship with one another because that is the intention for us to dwell with the Trinity in intimate fellowship. So basically, this message is going to be a survey of the book of Proverbs, um, which is cool. Proverbs was written by one of the wisest kings, and it is the book of wisdom. If you're seeking wisdom, this is where you should start. Everything that you need to know about life and how to thrive is in here. Proverbs. Where's my marker? 1624. Is this what we're doing? No, Proverbs 1628. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. So what we've seen as friendship is this. It's this catty, backbiting, like chomping, um, insincere thing. And it's not biblical. It's what's shown widespread, but this is not the biblical mandate for friendship. Um, and we see close friendships throughout the Bible. Saul and Jonathan, um, Mary and Elizabeth, all of the disciples, they went out in twos. There's biblical foundation for friendship. So we should model that, not what we see on TV. And if you don't get this from me in any other way, get it from me now. Read your Bible. My grievance against our generation is this. I don't have any friends. It's just so hard to be friends. Like, I've been here all the time and there's just nobody who wants to be friends with me. Or it's just really hard to make friends when you have XYZ issue. Or I just can't make friends because of this. Or I just can't make friends because of that. I'm calling you out on your bullshit. It's not true. It is hard for you to make friends because you are not being a friend. In order to get friends, you have to go be a friend. People don't just magically flock to isolated people. You are going to have to literally expand your horizons, and you are literally going to have to invite people into your space. It's not going to happen because some mystical beings fall out of the sky and say, hey, we should go be friends with this person. Friendships happen because you make them happen. Okay, like... The disciples were friends with one another because they went to other people's places, not because people just flocked to them all the time. They literally had to travel to make friends and minister to others. You are not exempt from that rule. I, the body of Christ is supposed to be hospitable, so whining because you don't have friends, it is literally your job to go be a friend. Not to sit and pout about it, but to go be about it. Um... Job 6.12. Um, 
because it says this, a worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech. So this specifically is talking about perverting one person versus another or causing discord. But you cause discord when you choose not to engage in close fellowship, when you choose to poison other people against you by what you say about yourself and how easy it is to make friends. It's literally your job to make friends. So stop whining about it. Like, if you don't have friends, it is because you have not set the intention to go be a good friend. Um, nobody else can make you do this. If this is hard or challenging or you don't know where to start, start by asking someone out for coffee. If they don't drink coffee, then tea. If that's weird because of the pandemic that we're experiencing right now, go find some common ground with another human being and quit being so selfish. I understand this is hard to swallow, but you have got to get over your own self and go minister to someone else or find some common ground with someone else. No more whining, no more complaining. You're a full-grown adult. You have a driver's license. You have a job. You have the ability to go benefit and engage in intimate fellowship with another human being. If, let's say, if you're on a weight loss journey and you need to exercise while you meet people, go ask somebody to meet you at a park. If you have toddlers and it's weird for you to invite other toddler friends to your home, go meet them at a park. If you're a fellow thrift person and you like thrift shopping, go ask someone to join you at a thrift store. If you like to go work out, ask someone to meet you at the gym. There's plenty of places for you to minister and like engage in fellowship with someone else other than the computer. There's plenty of opportunity and it can be your mutual interest. It doesn't have to be like, you know, this foreign thing. It can be your mutual interest. Whatever your nerddom is, put post something like, hey, I'm like going to go do this thing. Would anyone like to join me? Or if you've seen someone within driving distance of you and you nerd out on the same things, send them a message. Say, hey, I'm going to go do this nerdy thing too. Will you join me? It's not complicated. It is not. Uh, your friends can, can and will become your chosen family. Um, many of us have experienced rejection from our biological families, and it's because of this. Our biological families view us from the past, and so when they look at us or they're viewing our actions, what they're viewing is what they saw us do from birth to now. And so it's kind of hard to replace that vision. Whereas our friends believe the his, believe what's happened to us in our past, but they also believe in our hope for the future. So your chosen family is going to end up becoming closer to you than your blood family most of the time. Now, your family might be the exemption to that rule, and that's awesome. But for most of us, that is not the case. So your chosen family is sacred. Um... Here's what Proverbs says about this. A man, of many compassion, uh, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So closer, tighter than tight. This is biblical. It's also not very weird. So if you are starting to experience like, oh, like this person is closer than my sister, or these people are closer than my cousins, or I can trust this person with absolutely anything, awesome. That's biblical. Keep it up. Keep going. Um, whatever you're doing with this friend, 
Do not let go of them. Hold that friendship fast. It will ebb and flow just because that's how life goes, but always hold them dear to your heart and understand that as you start communicating and like engaging in fellowship, you're going to create this deep-seated unity where Yahweh, you will be able to feel the presence of the Lord when you engage with this person. Um, this, I'm just gonna, okay, there's no way to sugarcoat this. Something we see online often, and this is a form of, this is like a self-defense mechanism, but I'm gonna call it to the mat. <laughs> well, I just don't like women because men are easier to be friends with. That's bullshit. That means you are actually difficult to get along with. That means you are engaging in division. It has nothing to do with women. It has everything to do with the fact that you are hard to get along with. Um, I'm just alone and I'm just a loner and I don't like getting along with other people. That's bullshit. That means you're difficult to get along with. Um, this is anti-God because Yahweh, we serve a triune God. Okay. If the Godhead is supposed to work together in three, you cannot be alone. It is not biblical. It's not. Um, it is self-righteous. It's putting you above other people. And you're not that good. I promise. Um, and it's also selfish. Like, how selfish to think that you cannot get along with people of your same gender, that the people of your same gender are so abhorrent that you just have to go break all social norms. It's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit, and I'm not going to let you believe that about yourself and the other women whom you're called to serve and be in fellowship with. It's not true. Um, it is your calling as the beloved to be part of the brethren. Again, the brethren is not exclusive to a congregation. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am not a member of a congregation. Um, I most likely will not be a member of a congregation for a very long time. Um, I am so sick of seeing women bash other women just quit being so self-righteous and hard to get along with and that's a hard pill to swallow but do it because you're acting out of God like anti-God <clears throat> here's what the Bible says Romans 12.10 love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor and that's Romans 12.10. I want to keep going in this because it's really good. Do not be slothful in zeal. Zeal, be fervent in spirit. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Not thoughts, not vibes, not like well wishes, not just thinking happy thoughts at them. Be in constant prayer. Like audible. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. You seek this. It does not come to you. It is your job. It is your job to seek out hospitality. It is your job to seek out how to bless others. It says it right here. Romans 12, 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So your little ego that's telling you that you're supposed to be a loner because you just have XYZ issue 
or you just don't like all that, I don't care. I do not care. And you know what? You're just God. So come to terms and find peace with your self-righteousness and then get over it and go do what the Bible told you to do, which is to be friends. And why? Because you're meant to have life and life abundantly, not isolated and withheld from others. Engage in biblical fellowship. And biblical fellowship is not exclusive to a Sunday service. It's not. In fact, a Sunday service is probably going to dismiss your sin, but good, true fellowship will call you out on your sin. They will call you out on your bullshit. They're going to say, hey, stop cheating on your wife. Hey, I see you haven't worked out in a while. Are you honoring your body? Hey, I can tell like you need this issue fixed with your kids. How can we help you and pump you? Or hey, what's your struggle moment? That is what true fellowship and true friendship is. Party people, party people. Hey guys, listen, I used to be an event planner and I understand the value of a well-executed event, but a well-executed event doesn't happen without a plan. But sometimes planning can be overwhelming. So to help with the overwhelm of event season, I've made a party planning guide to help you get all the thoughts that are in your brain on paper. Just go to the website, nicolesinhouse.com, backslash life link. It's going to be in the drop down box. For you. Y'all tracking with me? Let's read one more verse about this. Ecclesiastes 4.10. I think I lost it. Ecclesiastes 4.10. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe, to, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and he has not another to lift him up. This is bad. This is sin. The Bible says, woe to you who has no one else to lift him up. You have put yourself in a place of isolation and segregated yourself from fellowship so you don't have a support system. Because you want an ego trip? Stop that. Stop it. Like, it is not blessing you. It is not helping you out. It's allowing you to believe the own lies in your head. That's not God. The gospel of the Bible says, hey, let me engage you in fellowship. Let me bless you. Let me encourage you and support you. Let me see what Yahweh has over you. Like, that's the beloved. If you have been with the same friends you were friends with in high school, that is beautiful. You have long-standing, steadfast friendships. I want to encourage you to break out of that as an adult and go seek other adults and other women who need friends. Because you staying in your group and in your little sorority circle, that is also not biblical. It is cool that you have these steadfast friends, but what isn't cool is that you're not expanding your borders and you're not growing. You're staying stagnant with what's been given to you. Not God. Friends are called to fill in the gap. Um, if you're new around here, you know our story includes infidelity. Um, when he left, he drained the bank account. And, um, like, I had no money. So when he left, yeah, 
he took everything. He took all the money. He drained our bank account. Um, and it was literally the body of Christ that came in. And money just came from random places. There's a ministry that I'd been involved with as a teenager. I got a check. Um, people I had not spoken to in years would send gift cards or diapers. Um, the day before my daughter was born, this is a cool testimony. The day before my daughter was born, I posted a picture of our closet and it was chock full of diapers, wipes, breastfeeding supplies, uh, onesies, kid clothes. And it was the provision of God that had manifested because of the body of Christ that had surrounded us and that I had sewn into and that we had sewn in together. It was the body of Christ that did not leave any need unmet. Down to maternity pictures. Like the moment I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I had like this vision of a maternity shoot because she was going to be a December baby, all of that jazz. Uh, I had no money, like literally none. Like she left October 17th. I went back to work October 23rd. I had a baby December 10th. I went back to work December 17th. That was hard. But it was made possible because the body of Christ filled in the gaps. This is the gospel to fill in the gaps. Acts 2.45 Acts 2.44 And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Fellowship in your home, breaking bread together, giving from your home, not to your congregation expecting them to do it, but you acting as a friend, meeting the needs of others. This is the word of the Lord. I promise it works, and I promise they will manifest themselves to you if you will break out of your comfort zone and do it. 1 Peter 4, 8-10. Let's keep going. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, i.e. without being self-righteous about it. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Uh, this goes into spiritual gifts, and while those things are true and applicable, it is also true and applicable to expanding your circle Expand your circle of influence. Um, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Good stewards expand their borders, okay? Good stewards continue growing. Good stewards use what the Lord has blessed them with and continue distributing that wealth because guess what? The wellspring of righteousness never ends. Okay, so your friendship, your ability to continue lighting a candle, it's never going to end. Just keep lighting candles, okay? Like, just keep giving you 
because there isn't anything that you are going to do or that anything that you are incapable of doing because the Lord has called you to do it. Be fervently faithful. Continue expanding your border. Continue blessing others. Continue engaging others in intimate conversation. Why? Because these things are life-giving. This is what makes your souls come alive and knits the body together. How can you know your gifts if you don't share them with others? How can you know how you thrive if you don't share it with others? You won't. You won't. You will stay gray and dormant. And that is not the calling over you. The calling over you is what? Life abundantly. Proverbs 17, 17. See, we are all over Proverbs tonight. A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. So I would not have made it through my last divorce if it wasn't from my best friend, Kayla. She, like, she and I became close friends, and it was because of adversity that we are so strong together. We wouldn't have made it without each other. I could not rely on any of my family to share the depths of my soul that I have shared with this human being. I love her with my whole heart. Um, we also know our boundaries with each other. We know like, Hey, this is a no go. We know like, Hey, how to make space for each other, but it is through adversity that your brothers and sisters in Christ become your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. Share, engage in tradition with your family, do those things. But there are people who you will be closer to than your biological family. They will be born to you through adversity. Do you need somebody to help you move? Do you need somebody to make you a casserole? Do you need somebody to talk on the phone with you at 11 p.m. because like you're just having like a trigger moment and you don't know what the hell you're thinking or was this you? Like you need your people to surround you, to endure adversity with you. How do you do that? A friend who loves at all times. At all times means at all seasons, at all times of the day. And listen, you're an adult and outside of a crisis situation, everything can be like contained in and then like spoken at a decent time. So if you are going to engage in healthy friendship, mind your boundaries. When I'm talking to Kayla or like I'm calling with my other girlfriends, it's like, hey, do you have time for me to X, Y, Z? And then the reciprocal of that is, hey, do you have time to X, Y, Z? Yes, I have seven minutes or if you need like a full session, let's call like after the kids go to bed. There is a way to love at all times, but adversity is when you're going to see your people rise. This is biblical. Okay, it's biblical. And then also use discernment. And this is where we get in trouble, and this is kind of where we get burned out. So if you're a believer and you've experienced some burnout or you just feel tapped out, it's because you haven't used discernment of who to let in and who to share what with. There is not a reason to withhold goodness and love, but there is reason to maybe not share everything at all times. Um, last week I talked about, or two weeks ago I talked about soul ties. Last week I talked about sex. That was super fun. Uh, two weeks ago I talked about soul ties. And so when you're sharing these intimate things of your heart, your hearts are woven together with another person and that creates a soul ties. These are not bad things. 
these can be good things. But if you're feeling tapped out or stressed, maybe you've been sharing parts of your heart that another person can't be responsible for yet. Just use discernment. Meeting a need doesn't mean you tie your soul to theirs. Meeting a need and expanding friendship means you're there to offer love and encouragement along the way. It is still meaningful. It is still biblical. It is still your job as a member of the body of Christ to do this. Okay. Um, where did we go? Proverbs thirteen twenty. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. If you've been running with the same losers for the past 12 years, guess what? You're going to look like a straight up loser. If you are still longing for the bums that you had in the past, you're going to look like the bums you had in the past. You will level up and grow in friendship. Your level of growth looks a lot like your circle. It's biblical. Proverbs 12, 26. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So the way of the wicked is your foundation and is your theology and how you're leading people. Is it based on the Bible or is it based on what you're getting out of news media? Regardless of how your news media is given to you, is that what your people are telling you to believe? Or are they telling you to believe scripture? Discernment will tell you the truth. Whatever is behind and stirring in your belly button, that's going to tell you the truth. Your mind and your heart have a hard time submitting to this because your mind has been conditioned to believe your exterior surroundings. Your heart has been conditioned to believe the romanticism of the world, whether good or bad. Your spirit will not lie to you. Your spirit will not lie to you. So get these two things to submit to this, and all of it should come in alignment with this. And if it doesn't, check it. Proverbs 22. Twenty-four through twenty-five. L stop. Who should you be friends with? Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Be not one who gives pledges or put up security for debts. If you have nothing which to pay, why should you move your bed to be taken from under you? Do not move the ancient landmark your fathers have set. Do you, do you see a skillful man in his work? He will stand before kings, and he will not stand before obscure men. You get to choose who you surround yourself with. They are either righteous and noble and set before God, and they have really strong ethics, or you don't. If you're aligning yourself with pandering, wavering, unstable people, guess what? You're going to be a pandering, wavering, unstable person. And this applies to like how you're mentored, to how you love. Um, recently, I changed my social media feed and I've talked about this. I don't know if I've talked about this on here, but the day after the election, I was like, I need to change. I'm tired of this. 
It was really a few weeks before, but it was sealed the day after the election. I get tired of like watching the pandering crap that's going on with our faith. So I changed my newsfeed. I got all of the pandering Judeo-Christians out. And most of the people whom I look up to are Mormons, pagans, or Stoics. And it's because they are unwavering in their faith. And them being stable and rock solid in their faith has allowed me to become stable and rock solid in my faith. My faith and my practice never wavered. I just wanted it to become deeply rooted. So I changed the pandering people that I was watching. The result is I'm not going anywhere and neither is my faith. Um, you behold what you become. So surround yourself with people who will not change, who are unshakable. Likewise, if you are looking for close, intimate fellowship, you are going to have to put effort to do it. I had to put forth the effort to change my newsfeed. You have to put forth the effort to become friends. I, When I moved here in South Carolina, I was tired of being the only mom. So what did I do? I started a Facebook group with like one other person. And I tried to find every mom who had kids under the age of five who was from out of town. So this group had three people. And now there's over 120 women in this group. Why? Because I wanted moms to have a safe place to fellowship together because friendship and motherhood is very specific. Working mothers and friendship is very specific. If you are a working mom, making friends is a challenge because you have limited daylight hours, so your time is precious. So I understand if this is hard for you. I get it. Single mama too. I get it. Um, my solution to engaging in fellowship now is I make Sunday lunch. So all of my friends from all different denominations are welcome to my house and we have lunch here every Sunday. It's a standing invitation. Why? Because I want us to break bread together and this is a way for us to get out of our home into others. Friendship is not complicated. It is not supposed to be this catty, bitchy, backbiting thing that we're sold by news media. It's just not true. I loved working with all women. Why? Because they were amazing women. Um, they knew at the core of who they were and what our mission was. And our mission was to A, make sure all that food went out at the same time, and B, that that beer was cold when it hit the glass. So find camaraderie, find fellowship with the people around you. Be intentional. It is your responsibility to demonstrate this on the earth. Not anyone else's. It is not anyone else's job to come to you. It is your job to go to them. The Great Commission says, go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You go. You go and make those friends. You don't wait for anybody else to do it. Jesus died on the cross, came back, and then gave the Great Commission. That is your mandate. And this applies to friendship. So you go do what the Bible says to do. Stop waiting on it to come to you. You must take autonomy over this. Okay, this was a lot. Uh, we're going to take next week off, and then we'll be back after Easter. So, happy Holy Week. Uh, I'm going to pray for you guys. I'm going to call the night. I love you so much. If this resonates, please tell your people, okay? I love you so much. Lord, bless my friends. Thank you for close fellowship and ordaining us to gather together and dwell as daughters and as sons and daughters who dwell with you in unity. 
Jesus, you are good and faithful. Holy Spirit, I bless my friends from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. I ask that they would be kindled with the spirit of uh, friendship and that their hearts would come alive with expressing the gospel from you to them. Jesus, thank you for being the best friend. Thank you for being the big brother who went before us to do this. You are so good. We would not be ourselves without it. Thank you for allowing us to co-create with you. And bless my friends. Amen. All right, you guys. I love you so much. Thank you for joining me in this and how. If this content encouraged your faith or helped you in the construction process, I would so appreciate a five-star review and some details in on your preferred listening platform. I'm sharing more space.